Welcome to Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 54. I'm recording it on Sunday, September 20th at 3.34 p.m. Eastern Time. And, um, you know, as I've said over the last several episodes, I'm in the process of transitioning from this series where we focus primarily on cellular agriculture as the only way that we have available to uh, be relatively safe from future pandemics. In fact, we can be very safe with this new technology uh, to a, a series that, um, that focuses more on the moral dimensions. In other words, like we're having this pandemic because you know, from a moral perspective, if you believe in God, morality, we're very likely being punished for abusing, torturing 70 billion farm animals every year. Um, from a scientific perspective, this is happening because those factory farms and wet markets and all, you know, with these production facilities for animal products are pandemic factories they're they they're breeding grounds for pandemics so um um so but yeah um the reason i want to explore the moral dimensions of this is because you know whether it's cellular agriculture or all are all going vegan or are developing as a world um universal vaccines that it'll eventually protect us from this um, it's really a moral issue at its foundation. We don't do what we need to do to protect ourselves from these pandemics because of moral issues, because, you know, primarily the moral issues of our leaders. But then again, you know, we, we vote them into office or we're apathetic about what's going on and we don't demand that they do the right thing. Or we don't care. So, um, for this episode, I want to focus, because I've been, you know, I think it's reasonable to suppose, since there's a scientific connection between our farming animals and these factory farms and, um, and these pandemics, you know, epidemics in general, it's reasonable to suppose that this pandemic is our punishment from God, you know, for our, um, our extreme cruelty. But, you know, I've, I've got a, um, that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong, tight connection. It makes sense. Um, but, you know, the, because of events over the last several years, and especially an event yesterday, I'm beginning to, uh, to wonder if it's not just this uh, farming of, of animals that, that involves so much cruelty. Uh, for example, conservatives, I tend to be a liberal, and, and I've, I've had a, an awakening on this. Uh, you know, I've for decades kind of thought, well, pro-choice is the right position on abortion because what happens is a lot of people get born into this world that really isn't all that kind to people who are born into the world sometimes if they're very poor. And my my speculation has been, well, perhaps they're better off, you know, not being born. You know, I believe we all go to a better place, to a heaven. So that's how I've been 
perhaps rationalizing this, that it's, it's a, perhaps a good thing that they're just not born into this world. Um, Republicans have over the last several decades used abortion to recruit the religious, you know, the evangelicals, uh, moral majority, to vote for Republicans, notwithstanding Republican um, denial and indifference on climate change and so many issues where they, they show some extre such extreme callousness. Um, so, so, I mean, like, my, my speculation now is that, that I'm becoming, and again, this is only ever a guess, because, you know, how, how do we know the mind of God? We can only ever guess on this. But it seems to me, it seems like there's strong evidence to suggest that it's not just the factory farming. It's probably also this continuing to, to essentially kill as many people every year who are unborn as die of every other cause combined. That's, you know, we, we lose 50 to 60 million people every year. We abort 50 to 60 million lives every year. So let me, let me just go through the, the, um, the reasoning on this. So, you know, we, uh, we anticipated going from Obama to Clinton and, you know, just pushing through a progressive um, agenda. That would involve protecting the women you know, parents' rights, you know, it shouldn't just be framed as a woman's right. It's a parent's, you know, we give parents the right to essentially, I mean, like, um, end the life of, life of their, you know, unborn children. And um, so when, when Trump won in 2016, when it was so, you know, that the evidence was so powerfully in, in, um, in favor of Clinton, just like really winning, you know, strongly even, um, you know, she had like a 90 plus percent you know, chance of, of winning in, in so many polls. Um, that got me wondering, you know, and, uh, and you know, when, um, when Republicans were successful in denying Obama the, the right to replace Scalia, you know, in the Supreme Court, which would have solidified the right to choose, that was another kind of indication that perhaps God was guiding this in a, in a way to show us Democrats, us liberals, that now we're not as, as pristine, as good as we believe we are. And while the Republicans have a lot of problems, they actually may be right on this issue of, of abortion. Um, and, and that actually remains to be seen. So anyway, so like, so Trump wins and, um, and we get a, a you know, some more um, changes in the Supreme Court. And, you know, the Republicans already have a 5-4 advantage at the Supreme Court. So they could have overturned Roe v. Wade already last year, the year before. You know, they had the votes to do that. But for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And so now, you know, think about this. Is this, this just coincidence? I mean, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, that you know her her most fervent wish was was that she lived long enough to have a democratic president replace her which of course would have meant you know again someone to support abortion rights pro choice well you know less than 2 months away from this election that that would have allowed you know god willing if biden wins um biden to select the new supreme court justice uh, ginsburg dies <laughs> 
um, you know, life and death is not in our hands. It's in the hands of God. God decides when we go. So it seems to me that God is saying to us, yeah, well, I mean, you're, and, and you know, I, I tend to doubt both parties' sincerity on this. I doubt Republican sincerity on abortion, at least the leaders, and I doubt our Democratic leaders' sincerity on fighting climate change, because they've been talking this game for decades, and really nothing has been done on either um, front, uh, or very little. So, so now, you know, it seems, it seems that the, the Republicans are going to push through uh, another Supreme Court justice who I imagine, you know, and that'll be the test. In other words, like, so they'll push through a, a conservative justice that is pro-life uh, because they have the votes, I would think. Perhaps they don't, I don't know. But if, if they do, then, then, then over the next couple of years, we will know for sure whether or not the Republican Party was this leading religious people astray, just basically just, you know, telling them, oh yeah, we're gonna end abortion when they really never had the, uh, the intention of doing that. Uh, so that'll, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, again, I think the wider issue, considering, you know, Ginsburg's death less than two months before this election and, um, and Scalia not being play, replaced by a liberal Supreme Court judge and, 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 and Trump winning, you know, considering all that. Uh, and I, you know, I doubt Trump cares about abortion. I mean, Trump cares about Trump. You know, that's about the extent of his concern for anything. And um, so, so I just wanted to like, as we transition to this deeper exploration of the morality of why this, ha this is happening, and the morality and science, of course. Of, I mean, the next series is gonna be called God, Science, and COVID-19. So it'll cover both the religious and the scientific um, dimension of this, emphasizing the morality. So again, we will see um, how, how sincere, and, and you know, like, again, after decades of, of being a Democrat, uh, and um, and supporting pro-choice, I now feel that it's probably much more wrong than than I and people have um, have deemed it to be. Because like Democrats have never said that it's all right. They just said that it's like they want to make abortions um, rare, you know, and safe. But um, if, you know, as many people dying each year as abortion throughout the world as, as die of every other cause combined, that is not rare. Yeah, they're safe, but you know, for whom? You know, certainly not for the childs who, uh, children who lose their lives. And you know, just, I mean, I mean, think of the, uh, the inconsistency of, of abortion laws. You know, you can, you can abort a child six months before it's born, but not six months after it's born, you know? And so like, what is that? That seems like an arbitrary distinction. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the child is real, you know, we can see it outside and all once it's born, but it's just as real and just as alive six months before it's born. All right, so, um, so again, I'm still waiting to, to start this new series. Hopefully I will start it um, this coming week. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, as I said before, it's going to be, so is it just, I mean, it could be, and you want to know something, I mean, like, it's not that we should be pessimistic about what's going on, this COVID-19, this distancing, you know, the, the crazy politics. It could be God's way of just correcting decades and centuries long um, abuse on our part, just um, cruelty and humanity. Uh, it could be just as like, like parents correct their children's behavior to make them into better people so they can better enjoy their lives. You know, it could be, and I, I actually believe that, yeah, that, that our world is going through a moral reformation. We've had this happen in the past, you know, within um, uh, Christianity. There was the um, reformation of, of, of the Protestants who were against indulgence, basically the Catholic Church was selling forgiveness, absolution to the highest bidder. You know, we, we've had this with, with slavery when, when the Quakers in Pennsylvania finally said, you know, this is really wrong. A small group of people, you know, started the abolitionist movement and that led to the Civil War. Apparently it wasn't just enough to oppose slavery. We had to pay for that, you know, that institutional injustice through a civil war that killed a lot of people on both sides. But, but my point is that after slavery and just like after World War II and after the Great Depression, the world got much better for a lot of people. So, uh, so perhaps this is a combination, perhaps like we're coming to a time where we realize we have no rational choice but to end factory farming. We either, you know, end factory farming, transition to cellular agriculture for our meat, dairy, eggs, you know, um, and fish, or we either live in perpetual dread of the next pandemic or experience an actual pandemic. And again, I've showed that table where it shows that over the last the first decade of the 2000s, there were 42 epidemics. That's five times as many as there were in the first millennium, you know, uh, zero to 1,000. They, they only had eight epidemics back then. It's like I've, I've gone through the reasons why. That is, you know, uh, four billion passenger flights, airline flights every year, and, uh, you know, the, um, the emergence of factory farming, you know, this, you know, this, this system of farming animals that is not just exceedingly cruel. Again, it's just exceedingly unsanitary uh, and brings, it brings more than this threat of pandemic. It brings with it um, the growing threat of antibiotic resistance, which makes our antibiotics effective. And that some, some experts have deemed that a, a greater threat to our well-being than even climate change. So. Uh, so what the idea is like, imagine, because I think we're going to be doing some imagining. I don't want to frame this next series as, um, you know, we're doing, we're just being evil in so many ways and, you know, how horrible this is. I want to, I want to take a positive, optimistic stance on this position, perspective, by pointing out, by, by imagining how much more of a wonderful world we can create as we end abortion, as we end the, the, this cruelty towards 70 billion, you know, chicken and, and, 
and the cows and 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 um pigs you know every year over 70 billion that's you know again like with, with the abortion god willing they they go you know according to to christian and jewish theology uh, when when a child dies before the age of responsibility which i think is like i don't know five to nine i don't know it depends on the religion or whatever but they they presumably bypass any threat of of going to hell or less you know i personally believe we all go to heaven you know it's, but but you know this this idea that uh, so like you know I, I have felt that well perhaps abortion is is you know is better because of that but again <clears throat> what happened with ginsburg and trump winning and scalia not being replaced by a liberal is you know if i walk around in the dark and i stub my toe it doesn't take much um, reasoning to to conclude that well that happened as punishment for my um, carelessness, my lack of concern. If I eat a lot of foods that are harmful and I develop a disease as a result, again, that's that's um, one can um, one can explain that by my immorality, my my failing to to properly take care of my health and so this is what's happening with um with the pandemics and um and with the abortion you know i mean it, it's probably all connected you know god it's not just this threat of future pandemics it's threat of antiviral resistance bacterial resistance and it's um climate change which is you know a decades-long challenge that that you know, I, I actually think it's much more, more serious than antibiotic resistance, although it's not as eminent. You know, antibiotic resistance is something that we could be experiencing really seriously over the next 10, 20 years. You know, the, um, the um, detrimental effects of that. So, um, so yeah, and, and like, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions we need to answer. How can we be so... Um, you know, setting aside the abortion issue, and we will ex explore that because I think it's important too. But you know, more directly with the with the paying people essentially to abuse and torture animals, so that we can buy our meat and dairy and egg products at one quarter of the cost that they would cost us otherwise. You know, ignoring the extreme suffering that they go through. Um, Again, I've explained this before, the, the average egg-laying hen, they're kept in battery cages that are stacked on top of each other. And there are maybe four or five chickens per cage. And the cages are about, I'm not exaggerating, they're somewhere like a foot by a foot by a foot. They're small cubicles. It's, you know, maybe a little bigger than that. But, but the point is that no chicken inside those cages has enough room to even spread their win, wings. And they spend weeks at a time in these um, months at a time, actually, in these cages. And you know, to add much something that's much worse and much less sanitary, because they're stacked on top of each other, and they don't get cleaned. You know, basically, the the chickens on top are defecating, urinating on the chickens on the bottom, and that's why we have to pump them full of antibiotics so they don't you know, just get sick and die from that contamination. 
but that's just one example of the extreme cruelty. And so like, how do you explain this? I mean, because uh, we humans tend to be good in a lot of ways. You know, look at this world today. Um, we, we're living longer, living healthier. We've, we've, we've really, um, 200 years ago, almost everybody on the planet was poor. Now, you know, there's still too many extremely poor people, about close to a billion. But that's like one-seventh, less than one-seventh, um, one-eighth perhaps of the entire population. So we've made a lot of progress on creating a world that is so much kinder, so much healthier and happier for so many people. So, you know, the, the argument that, that, that human beings are just inherently evil, you know, or just like incorrigible, that doesn't stand because we do so much good because we have done so much good and we, you know, we can, you know, on a daily basis, people work hard, people raise their families, they're doing good all the time. So how do you explain this? How do you explain this? Um, you know, it's kind of like somebody doing really good, but like, you know, just holding slaves, just like, you know, um, just, it's, 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 it's difficult to explain, but we're, we're going to delve into that. That's, that's the thing. We're going to try to figure out um, some answers. Now, one, one I've offered before, and, I, and I'll go back to it because I believe, you know, that, that book up there, that's a book that I published called Free Will, It's Refutation, Societal Cost, and Role in Climate Change Denial. It basically explains how, you know, basically we can't accept that we are being so callous, indifferent toward future generations, wrecking the climate for them through climate change. So what do we do? We deny that it's happening. We deny that it's serious. And, um, and that denial is founded upon this mistaken notion that what we do is fundamentally up to us. Um, the way denial works in psychology is that basically we like to keep a positive self-image. We like to believe that we and the people around us are good people. So when confronted with evidence to the contrary, like that we're abusing 70 billion land animals every year, and like that we're, we're destroying the climate for, the, um, for future generations, and like that we're aborting as many lives as die of every other cause combined, we will deny, we will, you know, back in the 70s, they were saying, oh, no, no, like, uh, human life isn't a human life until it's born, which is such a bogus argument. With, with, um, with the animals, people say, oh, they, they don't feel pain. That's equally bogus. And again, with climate change, to deny that it's, that it's happening is like it's beyond denial. And so, but that, you know, that belief that, you know, we're trying to protect our self-image through this denial, and unfortunately, because we, we buy into this belief in free will, we are not able to objectively face any of these, you know, atrocities. And if we can't face them, if we're in denial of them, then um, how are we going to solve them? You know, so, um, so that's, that's a, a key component in this. But, you know, there's a lot more to it. You know, it's just the basic I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain, you know, people have dogs and cats, just moving to the, uh, to the animal abuse issue. Um, people have dogs and cats and birds, you know, um, horses. They, people have grown up around animals. A lot of, you know, think about it. A lot of people who, who say they love their, 
dogs and cats. They say they love animals, yet you see them at the supermarket every day, you know, buying this meat, not caring where it came from. You know, just knowing it, it's difficult in this world to not know the abuse that is involved in, you know, raising these animals. You know, you have to be extremely uneducated, uh, unexposed to, to just normal media to be ignorant of, of that reality. So it's not like people don't know what's going on. It's people don't care. Um, and so again, this next series is going to explore that in more detail because our understanding of this, our understanding the moral dimension of this, you know, and this I'm, I'm addressing that 80 to 90% of us here in the United States who believe in God or a higher power, you know, who have a re religious beliefs, you know, um, to the extent that we don't get this morality right, we, um, we will suffer consequences, you know. Um, we've, we've gone through two major world wars, you know, the Civil War, uh, the 1918 pandemic that killed about 50 million people. It's not like God hasn't inflicted mass punishment on, um, on vast populations in the past. So we wanna build a world um, where that's no longer the case. Um, but again, for, for those atheists, 10% oh, 10, 10 of you who, uh, who don't believe in God or however, I mean, to me, it's an understanding. I mean, God, you know, you know, if there's a creation, there has to be a creator. If there's laws of nature, well, that's God. You know, if you define God as everything, well, the universe is everything. So to me, you know, God's existence is not a matter of belief. It's a matter of understanding. But again, for those who, uh, who haven't reached that understanding, it's, it's simple science to tell you that um, unless we end this factory farming, we, we run the risk of perhaps an even far worse pandemic. The people talk about how terrible this coronavirus is. There are viruses out there that are 40, 40 times more lethal. Okay, um, we, you know, our world hasn't yet lost a million people. You know, and this is like, you know, the 1918 population, I'm guessing was, what about 1 billion, 2 billion people? So we've got, you know, three times more people on here. Imagine, you know, if, if we had a pandemic with the strength of the 1918 pandemic, we might lose half a billion people or more, you know, it, it may be completely uncontrollable. So, so this is not something to take lightly. All right, so again, um, I, I'm gonna plan to, um, to you know, start the new show this week. It'll be again called God, Science and COVID-19. And we, you know, I, you know, it's gonna be a much harder show because how do you explain this? You know, I'm asking the questions. I'm not sure I'm, I've provided one answer with the, you know, in terms of denial. And maybe I'll have to do much more research to, you know, to, to investigate people who've actually studied morality, but, you know, all right, well, I'm under a minute, so I um, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, catch this every Monday through Friday until we hit, you know, I mean, if when we go to the new series, it'll be the same time, Monday through Friday, five o'clock. Um, and catch, you know, and the, the episodes are available on YouTube and on Spotify, iTunes, and other platforms as podcasts. So, um, so yeah, I, I um, again, hopefully 
without understanding the morality of these issues like climate change, abortion, and you know, animal abuse. We absolutely need to do that. Okay, thanks for watching. I'll see you again next time.